You're listening to the No Farting Around Show. We're all about taking your marketing and business from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashley Mae Fernandez, and this is the only show where making a disruptive noise smells like success. Each week, I interview high-level disruptors who are making a big stink in their industry by doing things their own way while you listen in and ask a question or two. Talk show, live studio audience style. Expect all things marketing, messaging, money, and mindset, and only strategies that don't include farting and darting or treating your clients like an afterthought. So if you're ready to stop farting around and actually scale your business, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show. I am live. Hello, everyone. I am really fired up today to talk about this topic because I was actually journaling this morning in my face activated journal from Rachel Luna, who's amazing. And this concept came up. And then of course I was like, how can I relate this to business? And then my mind started going all over the place. And I was like, I have to go live. I have to go. I have to go and talk about this. So if you are a coach or consultant and you feel like you're constantly putting out content that is attracting someone who tells you, I can't afford you or someone who's really interested, but maybe they ghost you after you tell them the price or after you try to explain your offer, then this is for you. This is for you. I am going to talk about one of the biggest things that I see when it comes to you not being able to attract a high ticket client. There are so many things I could talk about, but the one I'm going to talk about today, the one I got fired up about. So that's what I'm going to talk about. So This is a little controversial. Um, Just going to go ahead and say it. And if you have been around me for a while, you know that I love to ruffle some feathers. I used to not, but as I've gotten older and as I've been in business longer, I've been in business almost six, six years, six years now, I have really just owned the fact that I create tension for people and that is fine just going to 100% be myself. And so this is something that I really do not agree with in the marketing um, sales industry. And that is creating a urgency or using like scare tactics to get someone to buy. So that is the, we only got four spots left in the fact that you're trying to get them to buy. I actually agree with this. Now, do I think it works? Yeah, it totally works for some people. It totally works for some people. I'd be an idiot to say that it doesn't. But this is why I don't like it, because what ends up happening is, or the reason why we actually end up using the urgency or the scare tactics, the reason why we end up using that is because we really want to make the sale. We approach it out of a desperation of, okay, I have to get this many people in here. And so we start to use these these common sales tactics. But what ends up happening is... When you're using these, when you're using these types of tactics in your marketing and in your sales, what you're really doing is you're harping on like the pain points of the ideal client, right? You're basically saying, oh, you feel so awful and you're speaking on the emotions and you make them super, super emotional, right? And then you start speaking into the actions that they've already taken. You're doing this and you shouldn't be doing this, or you're doing that and you shouldn't have done that. That's the reason why you haven't gotten the result you wanted because you've done this X, Y, Z in the past. This happens all the time in our industry. And what ends up happening is when you are selling on these pain points, when you're creating these, this feeling of desperation that I'm like, I have to buy now or it's going to be gone. Like the FOMO, when you're creating that, 
what you're doing is you're actually making that ideal client wrong. Like you're telling them that they're wrong. You're telling them that you're, they're wrong for the actions they've taken in the past, the decisions that they've made in the past. And when you do that, you're subconsciously training them to not trust themselves. Think about if you were a child. Think about if you were a child and every time you did something, every time you made a decision to do something, a parent told you, no, why did you do that? You're wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You should do it this way. You're, that child is soon going to be that person, that very introverted person that then can't, doesn't want to make a decision for themselves because they've, you're subconsciously training them to not trust their own decision because you're saying the decisions you made in the past to take those actions were wrong. So you're literally telling them that they cannot trust themselves. Now, let me tell you this. Do you think a client who does not trust their decisions is going to be a great client? Probably not. What's going to happen? And I see this all the time in the coaching world. And I have clients who tell me, oh my gosh, my clients do this. They will have a coaching call one week. And then that the next week they jump on a coaching call and their client goes, yeah, I didn't do that because I really, I was just waiting to jump on the call to talk to you about it before I actually took action. So they literally just waited a week. They waited a week to get on a call with you to talk about a decision that they should have made a week ago. And they get stuck in this, they get stuck in this indecision, you guys. And you're training them to do that with your sales and your marketing. You're literally training them to not trust themselves. Because you're telling them that the decisions they made in the past were wrong, that the decisions that they made in the past were wrong, right? Now, here's another thing. When you're telling someone they're wrong for their prior decisions and their prior actions, you're training them to believe that they can't trust themselves, which then will put them in the scenario of, I don't know if I should buy what you're offering. So you're going to have that person who is indecisive on whether they should buy what you're offering, but you created that. So then you jump in and you use more urgency, you use more scare tactics, you use the FOMO, right? And then you also, on top of that, will use discounts. You'll discount your offer, your price, or you'll throw in bonuses and you create what I call a whopper offer. That's a whole nother tangent, but you create what I call a Whopper. And then when you have a Whopper offer and you're trying to market a Whopper offer, guess what? You're going to have to use more urgency and scare tactics because you're not speaking to one direct person because your offer has so much stuff in it. But here's the thing. When you create this scenario of them not even knowing, not even making a clear cut decision to buy your offer, you're going to have to show up and try to convince them. And I, y'all know my famous phrase, if you have to convince them to it, you'll have to convince them through it. And this is what ends up happening, right? Let's say they do buy, let's say you discount your price or you, the FOMO works or whatever they do end up buying. What's going to happen is they're going to then second guess their future actions and decisions. Like I used the example just a minute ago, having a client wait an entire week to talk to you about something on a call, right? Because they were so stuck in indecision because they didn't trust their own decisions. They were waiting for you to tell them what to do. And when you have a client who's waiting for you to save them, you are going to then turn around and feel so burnt out. 
You're going to feel like you constantly have to hold their hand and you're going to feel like you have to bend over backwards for them all the time. Okay. And you start to resent them. And then guess what ends up happening? You're going to turn around and say they're uncoachable. They're a bad client. They're not a bad client. You trained them to be that way. You literally trained them to be that way. I could scream. And on top of that, what you're doing is you're also teaching that client that they can't trust themselves. Therefore, they're not going to be committed to consistency because they don't feel like they can be consistent. Just think about that for a minute. Just think about that for a minute. And here's another thing. When they second guess their future decisions, you're training them not to trust themselves. So they're not going to be able to trust their future decisions when they're in your program. They're always going to need more help. They're always going to second guess themselves. They're always going to need your approval. And then you're going to end up, they're going to end up building a business that they don't really want doing things they don't love to do because you told them that's what they should do instead of helping them figure out what it is that they really want to do, what it is that they really love to do. It's, oh, I could scream. And this is also one of the biggest things as to why you're not attracting a high ticket client because a high ticket client makes decisions. Someone who is ready to invest at a high level is someone who is going to make a quick decision. Why? Because if you are a good coach who sells high ticket, you're going to be able to articulate the one problem that you solve and your ideal client is already going to be problem aware. You're not going to have to convince them of the problem you solve. They're already going to be problem aware. They're already going to know the problem they have that you solve, and you're not going to have to use all these things, right? If you have to show up and use these scarcity tactics, if you have to show up and use a sense of urgency, all you're doing is training your client to not trust the decisions that they made before buying your program. Anyone who's listening or watching, I would love to know, do you sell high ticket? And what is, what do you think is one of the biggest issues that you have when selling high ticket? Man, it's this whole thing. I just want to really hone in on the fact that when you are using these scarcity tactics and FOMO, you're not training your ideal client to be an ideal client. And then you're going to turn around and say they're uncoachable. They're a bad client. You literally drew them in with your messaging to be someone who has to wait on you to make decisions. Do you understand? It's different with a high ticket than it is a low ticket. And I really specifically work with people who have a high ticket offer. The mental awareness of someone who is ready to invest in a high ticket is going to be very different. And I don't think you need to convince people that, that they need to buy your offer. If someone is indecisive about buying your offer the moment that they hear about it or the moment that you present it to them, they're probably not ready to buy your offer and you shouldn't have to convince them.
showing up and trying to convince them and creating this urgency and these scare tactics says more about you than it does about the client. It's telling you, it's showing that you don't actually believe that people really want your offer. You have to offer discounts and you have to offer bonuses and you have to scare them into buying your offer. Do you want to work with a client who feels scared to buy into your offer? No, they're going to show up hesitant to the program the entire time. Again, when you convince them to the program, you're going to have to convince them through the program. And that's not fun. And then you're going to make having to convince them the entire time mean something about you. And then the cycle just continues. <laughs> Terrible. Please lose, please lose the urgency and the scarcity tactics in your marketing if you are trying to attract a high ticket client. Relieve it, move it, remove it, okay? Because if they do end up buying, they're going to, they're going again, they're going to second guess. They're going to second guess their future actions. And then here's the other thing, when they don't get instant results from your offer, guess who they're going to blame? They're going to blame you for not getting the results. And again, if they don't get instant results, they're immediately going to fall back on the indecision and the doubt because they're like, I tried it and it didn't work. Well, you have to be consistent, right? Like you have to do, sometimes you have to do things, especially in marketing and sales, you have to do things multiple times for them to work. So if they're not going to get instant results. They're going to blame you and then they're going to quit and they're not going to show up and they're not going to be committed to taking consistent action long enough to see the results. And then your program, which is amazing, your program is amazing. Your clients that are going to come in there aren't going to get the results that you're capable of getting. And then you're going to think, oh, I have an ideal client problem. I have an offer problem. I have all of these things. No, you don't. You don't have that problem. Your problem was your messaging and your marketing to begin with. Because your messaging and your marketing is going to bring in and attract the client. So if your marketing is showing up in a desperate way, you're going to attract desperate clients. And guess what? When people are desperate and they don't think about this, most people who are desperate aren't committed to consistency. Because when you've reached the point of desperation, you want something then, right then and there instantly. So that means like if someone is desperate to get a client and they'll go post on Instagram one time and they don't get a client, they're going to say, it doesn't work. I did that. It doesn't work. Mm -mm. That doesn't work. Of course, you have to do it multiple times. Right? Like, you have to show up consistently and be committed to it for it to work. Just like the first time you try to tie your shoe, you probably didn't tie your shoe. But when you tried it a couple of times and you kept practicing it, guess what? You felt more comfortable. And then you started to be able to tie your shoe, right? It all starts with this. Okay. Any questions from the people that are on? I'd love to know if you have any questions or if there's anything that you have seen other people in the industry teach that you don't really agree with. I love people with strong opinions. So I welcome them, bring them on. But yeah, this is just something I really wanted to talk about today because I'm tired of seeing people use the urgency, the FOMO or thinking that they need to add a bunch of different things into their offer before they buy. And again, like it works in the industry. Don't get me wrong. Like it works, but 
really truly at the end of the day, I don't care about how many sales you make. I care about the results of the people who bought your program. And I think if you're a heart-centered entrepreneur, that's what you care about. I don't want a program full of a bunch of people who aren't fit, who, who don't have the right criteria to get the results in my program. I say no more to, I say no to more people than I do. Yes, really. Because I want to make sure that the people who are in my space, the people who are in my program are, they have that criteria and they have not only the criteria, but they have the awareness. They have the awareness and they have the energy that I want them to have. If they're showing up in a desperation mode of actually has to get me the results. Oh my goodness. I don't want to work with someone in that space. I want to work with someone who feels empowered, someone who saw my offer and was like, heck yes, I'm ready to go. No convincing. I don't want to have to work with someone who will only buy if they get a discount. Because guess what? If they're expecting special treatment in the beginning, like a discount, they're going to then also bend on all the rules in your program. They're going to expect extra calls. They're going to expect you to answer every email that they send or every Voxer that they send or Slack message, whatever it is, like when they send it right? It's, but it's how you set that container and begin with. And a lot of it is with your messaging and your marketing and your sales process. This is also no hate on launches. Actually, I'm going to hate on launches for a minute only because I don't love launches. Lots of people love launches. Launches. My, my energy, I don't love launches, but that's, again, that's just me. I just don't really love launches because I just feel like it is, first of all, it creates two things. The first thing it creates is feast and famine months within the entrepreneur, which, you know, you have a launch, you have, let's say you have like a $50,000 launch. I don't know. You have a $50,000 launch and then you're like, oh my gosh, this is really great. And you fill that program. But then the next two or three months, you bring in hardly anything. You start to freak out and, and then you go in desperation mode, right? Because you had this really big month and now you feel like you have to do it again the following months. Um, that's a whole nother tangent I can go down. But the thing I don't love about launches is a lot of the times they are created to, to literally create that sense of urgency and to create that FOMO experience. And I just don't feel like that is how I want my clients to feel when they start working with me. I don't want them to come in feeling like I'm only here because I was afraid I was going to miss out on what everybody else was doing. No, you need to be here because you are committed to getting the result in my program because you truly want to better yourself and better your offer and better your messaging. That needs to be the main reason why you buy my offer not because you felt like you were convinced into buying it and you felt like you had to do it now or it was never going to happen again. No. And if someone can't make a split decision about my offer, because I, I mean, here's the thing, guys, when people say I need to think about it, no, you don't. You really don't need to think about it because here's the thing. Think of a blue elephant. You just thought about it. I bet every single person that I just said this is watching this. When I said, think of a blue elephant, it was instant. You thought of a blue elephant. You don't need time to think about it. You need time to make a decision. But you don't need time to think about it. There's a difference. And someone who can't make a decision based off of all of the information that I've given, they still need convincing. Probably it's not going to be someone that is committed and ready 100% for my offer. They might be like 90% ready. Cool. Come back to me when you are ready. I don't want to have to convince you. I don't want to have to make you feel like you're missing out on something in order to buy from me. 
maybe different from a lot of people in the industry, but that's my stance and I'm going to speak on it. Okay. That's it. <clears throat> Thank you all for joining me. I didn't even read this letter. I want to empower my clients to step into their business owner role, not have to rely on me to make a decision 100%. Yeah, but it's so nuanced too, Abby, because so many people don't quite understand how to do that. Or I'm really good at looking at people's messaging and their marketing. And I'm really good at seeing like why they are attracting someone that isn't showing up empowered. And sometimes it's like really little nuanced things that they don't realize. Oh, I didn't realize that was creating urgency. I'll even give you an example, let's say even the way that you say things, right? Like the words that you use. So for example, let's just say right now, one of you guys, I could say everyone swallow, right? Now, did you notice that there is less saliva in your mouth than before you swallow? Even if someone said no, I said, did you notice? I'm not, I'm speaking to the fact that they noticed, not the fact that there was less saliva. Does that make sense? So it would be like, oh, did you notice there's less saliva in your mouth? And if they say no, they don't think I'm like trying to talk about the saliva versus me saying something maybe, is there less saliva in your mouth? I say no, it's two different things. Did you notice there was less saliva in your mouth or is there less saliva in your mouth? Having the fact of just saying, did you notice? It, built, it builds rapport with me because they aren't looking at me like I'm a quack. <laughs> right? Because I'm focused on the fact, did they notice there was less saliva in their mouth? Not the fact that there was less saliva in their mouth, right? Like I'm two different things, <clears throat> noticing. And then the fact that there wasn't two different things. So sometimes even just the way that you say things, your brain will process them in a completely different way. And even sometimes when you're talking to somebody and this is hypnotherapy, by the way, I'm a certified hypnotherapist and an LP practitioner. If you did not know, um, but even in hypnotherapy, sometimes like when I offer a suggestion, if I start to shake my head, people will start to say, oh yeah, they'll agree with you. So if I was over here, did you notice that you put out that piece of content and no one commented? You're more likely to be like, huh, I did notice that, right? It's, oh my gosh, it's so many things. There's so many things I could talk about, <clears throat> but the way that you say things, what you say and the way that you say things really, truly matters. And you're not attracting those high ticket, like ready to buy super committed clients. If you're using things like scare tactics, if you're using FOMO, if you're using a sense of urgency, is it always, am I saying that's always the case? No, but 99.9% .9 of the time, now it's 99% of the time, you're probably going to end up getting a client that turns into a little bit of a pain in the rear end client. Because again, if you have to convince them to it, you're going to have to convince them through it. And the entire time you're convincing them through it, you're going to question your offer. You're going to question your program. You're going to question your abilities. You're going to have imposter syndrome. You're going to show up resentful to calls and you're not going to show up your best self. And then you're going to think, I need to fix my offer. I need to add more. I need to remove stuff. I need to do all these things, right? When you don't really need to do that. If you worked with perfect fit clients who are already aligned to get the results of your offer, you don't have an offer problem. Okay, I'm done, guys. That was my rant for today. 
I hope that you all have an amazing rest of your day. And um, let me know what you thought about this video. Let me know if you agree, if there were any aha or eye-opening moments. I would love to know. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Partner Round Show. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and I would love, love for you to join us on the next podcast recording. You can go to www.ashamayfernandez.com slash podcast to see our interview schedule and the link to join us live to get your questions answered, get some personalized feedback, and one-on-one hot seat coaching from not only me, but the amazing guests that I bring on the show. So I hope to catch you in the next episode, and until then, I will smell you later.